God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child. Child. Listen. Child, it is that time of the week. The Woman Evolve podcast is coming at you live in your headphones. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're joining me for the first time, then you may not know that this is our time of the week where we have girl time. And let me tell you, uh, one of the delegation members called me out and said, hey, you've started every podcast with a song except for the one last week. What's happening? And you know what? You're right. I do need a song. But what song has the Lord laid on? Did he lay revolution on my heart? Do I have a Kirk Franklin praise? Can someone let me know what song we're going to be singing? I have to defer to my co-hosts who are logging in on Facebook Live. I see Charlene is in the building. Brandy Crompton, how you doing? Crystal Jefferson, Ebony Harris, how y'all doing? Jaquisha is listening from Georgia. And of course, our girl Nia is listening from London. What's up, y'all? How have you been doing? What is happening in your life? Lanisha said, child, I was about to come looking for you because if you're listening on the podcast, you don't know that I'm late. I'm 12 minutes late, but that's all right because I may not come when you want me to, but much like the good Lord, I'll be there right on time. Come on, somebody. Jasmine wants me to sing Lift Every Voice and Sing. For those of you unfamiliar, that is the Negro National Anthem. And when I tell you I know some of it, I don't want to be judged. I do know some of it. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Because you got to sing it like you got to go down in your soul and get that song, okay? Sing up. Hold on. I'm going to Google the lyrics. And I know somebody right now is judging me because they know it like the back of their hand. They wake up and sing it every single morning. And what I want to tell you right now is don't judge. Just because you've graduated, don't burn the schoolhouse down. There was a time when you didn't know all of the words. Like, I don't know all of the words. And so bear with me. Am I going to sing all of it? Who knows? Let's go and see what I have right now. Lift every voice and sing till earth in heaven. Van ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoice, sing, rise, high as the li- Okay, that's all you got. That's all you're getting on today. Somebody said sing total praise. I just say, I just took you back to your ancestry with the Negro National Anthem. That's all you're getting today. Kirsten Butler said, I have had to sing it multiple times and still don't know it. Cora Jakes Coleman has logged onto the podcast and she's spreading hate because she said, ugh, ugh. I don't have time for that, okay? Arian understands the talent that I have. First of all, 
honestly, truly, people, you don't understand that the Lord is yet anointing my voice, but she says, you in that low register, because I had to go down there and get it from my soul. Tina Diller says, we have to do the Beyonce homecoming version. I would probably be a bit better at the homecoming version than I would at this version, but that's fine. Chantel says, hey, sister in my head, I can't wait to see my online pastors in less than a month. What up? She coming to Woman Evolve. Where are you going to be? That's what we really want to know, okay? What we really want to know is, are you going to be at Woman Evolve? All right, listen. LaRonda says, that ain't our ministry, sis. I think she's talking about our singing, but that's all right. We do have many ministries. Every ministry can't be your ministry, but does that mean you can't try to see if it's your ministry? Sometimes you don't know what your ministry is. I feel a word coming. Sometimes you don't know what your ministry is until you try and see if that's your ministry. And just here's another word. Sometimes you got to try a ministry again to see if it has become your ministry. And that's why I will continue to sing anytime the Lord lays a song on my heart. Because one day, while y'all playing, one day I'm going to open up my mouth and y'all going to say the mantle of Whitney Houston has fallen on her vocal cords. And when that happens, I'm going to forgive you for all of the judgment. Some of you turned me down in your headphones when I started singing, but that's fine. All right, listen. What's up? Zion says, I'm too broke for woman evolved college kid problems. Girl, I am praying for you. That ain't just college kid problems. That is grown folks problems. And I understand and I am praying for you that you will be able to come up and see us one day soon. Okay. How about that? All right. Listen, um, have you been drinking your water? Have you been minding your business? I have been minding my business. I have not, usually I try to drink a gallon of water a day. I have not been doing that, but God is still on the throne, amen. Um, I've been minding my business though. I tell you that much. If I don't do nothing else, I mind my business. I mind my Holy Ghost business, okay? Um Tia says, come to Woman Evolve Online. I have two broke little friends, my daughters. Child, these kids will be in your pockets, okay? I've been drinking my water. I've been minding my business. And have I been working? Oh, I worked out. I went to Orange Theory today. It was a tornado day. And um, wow. But he must run and let us finish about eight minutes early. And he goes, now we can get a good stretch, honey. Once again, as I've mentioned to your coworkers, me coming is a stretch. I'm leaving. Okay. So how about that, honey? Made it home in record time. So I worked out. Um, okay. So can I tell y'all, like, hey, can I tell y'all something? I was doing keto. I am. It's, it's confusing. I did keto and intermittent fasting for 13 days straight, okay? I ate from 12 to 8. I ate no carbs, no sugar. I did the keto thing, okay? I went to Dallas. I preached. When I preached in Dallas, my brother says, sis, I haven't had your cooking in over a year. Can you cook for me? I said, sure. Just tell me what you want. Sunday after I preached, I cooked for my brother. I made pound cake. I made um, all of the things. I probably already told y'all this. Anywho, so incidentally, I checked my ketones. For those of you who don't do keto, just, okay, just go with me, okay? In order to achieve ketosis, the optimal range needs to be like 1.5 to 3. The only way you can check it is through urine, okay? Wow, this just got gross and blood, okay? I got me a little blood um, pricker thing off Amazon. I be checking my blood ketones, okay? I ate all of the carbs on Sunday. I ate most of the carbs on Monday. I went back and got the rest of the carbs on Tuesdays. I've been eating all of the carbs that I could see because I figured, you know what? If you ate the carbs and you're out of keto, you might as well eat the carbs that you wanted to eat before you start keto again. 
Look at my surprise. When I checked my ketones, and when I checked my ketones, I was still in ketosis. Now I'm confused because the moment you eat carbs, you're supposed to drop out of ketosis. Your girl has been in ketosis and I've eaten all of the carbs. And now I don't know what to do because my body is still burning fat instead of carbs, but I'm eating carbs and I'm confused. I don't know if that means that the Lord wants me to not do keto. I don't know if that means that he wants to give me a supernatural endowment of, of things in life. I don't know. I'm open to hearing what the delegation thinks. Chantel says she's been drinking her water because she might meet her husband in Denver. And let me tell you something. I'm touching and agreeing with you, okay? All right? Let's see. Uh, Kiki goes, hey, could do better with mine and my business with my water intake. That's fine. Ashley says, I can't do keto. Tried it and carbs one. It's hard out here. Pamela says, come on, carbs. Carbs bless all of my life. La, Laisha says, I tried for two and a half days, but I couldn't do the grocery store. I almost had a meltdown in the store. Let me tell you, keto is not, it's not easy. Chantel says, I tried to keto, but I cannot. I will just learn to balance my meals and work out. I, okay, this is what I'm telling you. Some kind of way, I did all of the carbs and I'm still in ketosis. I, maybe this is what happens when you mind your business. Marissa says, child, can't do keto when you're vegan. Now, you know they tried to, oh yeah, because you can't eat no meat and you can't have no dairy. So keto is not going to be for you. But you know what you can't have when you're vegan? French fries. And when I tried to be vegan, that's what I decided to do. My sister says, let that keto go. Keto won't let me go. I want to let keto go, but keto won't let me go. And keto said, I can still be a part of your life while you eat carbs. Keto is trying to help me. Okay, so uh, listen. Um, Brooke says, let keto go. Do y'all understand? Part of the reason why I liked keto is because it was so restrictive. Because in many ways, I am an all or nothing person, which means that I am either keto or I'm eating all of the carbs. I don't know that I know how to balance things well because I give myself a lot of liberty. What's a little bit of ice cream? What's a few French fries? All in one day is, is not ideal, right? And so keto had me just like so restrictive. You can't do this. You can't do that. Or you're going to drop out of ketosis. Now what happens when you do all of that and you're still in ketosis. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Kiki says, no, Cor, don't tell her that. Keto is amazing. Keisha says, you have to have an accountability buddy while on the keto diet. Thank God for mine. I don't have an accountability partner nowhere. Everyone in my family said, absolutely not. Okay, listen. So that's it. Drinking my water, minding my business, still in keto, live your life. Okay. Um, Rescue Eve. Saints, are y'all ready? Ashley Holloway, you bring up an interesting point, and then I'm going to rescue folks. She says, I need to eat what you want, but just a little diet, not this keto. Why? Food, I just, I'm, I was at Orange Theory today, and I was just trying to run and lift up all of this that the Lord has given me to run and not run and not become weary. And all I could think to myself is, I, just don't know if I care like I need to care, okay? So, Joy Nisi Slater says, I do the Hispanic keto. I eat un poquito de todo. First of all, I want to thank you for this Spanish, this Hispanic keto. 
if you're listening and you say that didn't bless you, you're lying. You're lying, and I want to cast that lying spirit out of you at Woman Evolve, okay? So how about this? Okay, listen. Um, Rescue Eve, okay? That's what we do at this part of the show, okay? Rescue Eve. We, who we saving? Chantel wants to know who we saving. I'm finna tell you. All right, so listen. Um, Rescue Eve. We save people. If you don't know what it means, go listen to another episode. Okay, who who we finna save first? I want to submit to the delegation, those of you on the live and those of you listening on the podcast, that we rescue the Kansas Police Department. Mm. Now, some of you petty betties are going to be in support of them, and others of you are going to say it's inappropriate. Let's see what the delegation says. A Kansas police department has apologized for a tweet it put out on Father's Day that encouraged parents to turn in dads with any outstanding warrants, sparking a backlash. The since-deleted tweet by the Topeka Police Department read, Does your child's father have warrants? Is he carrying around any drugs? Has he been committing any crimes? Want to give him a Father's Day he'll never forget? Call TPD and we'll help make your family make a memory that will last a lifetime. Now, Topeka Police Department said they meant it in jest, but they deleted it because they realized that it was hurtful to some. Let me tell you who it wasn't hurtful for. Those of the delegation members who have back child support. Some of them, if you don't think that they got phone calls from some of the members of the delegation who says, please come get him, you are out of your rabbit mind. Um, But I understand that this is not appropriate. On Father's Day, we should not wish that people should be arrested. And I know that they were joking, but I just want to know if the delegation is willing to rescue them because first of all, what they said had some validity for some people. It may have not touched everyone, but it touched some of the people. And we must acknowledge those who said, you know what, this is a good idea. But also I recognize that this was hurtful. Um, Delegation, would you all like to to rescue. Monica Gary says they gonna learn today. Jessica's story says no rescue and tacky. Winona says that's funny. Natasha says yo, they are out of control. Tanya says we not doing their job, not saving them. Okay, we're not saving them. Not saving them, I guess. Elias says, sis, I'm with you when you write, but this is not it. Let's not rescue them. Not today. Need to leave those fathers alone. But right is right. Wrong is wrong. So I guess we can save them. Um, let's see. Tia Raglan Garen says, ah, ah, petty. Could have done that the next day. No rescue. Shayla says, throw them a deflated life jacket and some perm. for Perm your petty. She went back into the archives and wants the Topeka to Police Department to perm their petty. Is it? Is there one? Okay. Is there one? Shanae says, no, we have to guess the helicopter so it's not available. So it sounds like we not, some deflated floaty sounds like a no rescue. Tammy says, no rescue. Find the real criminals. Holly Woolfork says, no ma'am, next. Stacy says, Stacy Simmons says, I can't confirm or deny rescue. I just don't know how I feel about this here. Mo Thomas says, it may have been a joke, but it wasn't a joke to the mothers waiting for three months of child support. Don't save them. I I don't think they were joking like that. I mean, I think it was a joke, but I think they were also receiving phone calls. Um, But what's, no. Priscilla says, no rescue for them. They can rescue themselves as they are the police. Nicole says, no, ma'am, this was an attempt at humor. Okay. 
Armani says, I'm here for the save. All right. Ariel says the next day would have been even funnier. So some saying the timing is not right. Latia says, ain't nobody saving them. Darcy says, we all need Jesus. Nobody trying to save them. All right. Kiana says, let's go to the next rescue. Well, there it is. The Topeka Police Department will not be being rescued by the delegation. Um, if I, I, I just have to go with what the delegation says. We letting them float away. I, I, Diamond says I would have called. There's a season in my life when I would have called as well. But I guess that make us petty too. There's a season in my life. So, but not this season, amen. Ashley says, police petty, not a good look, no rescue. I'm not getting paid to do their job, no rescue. Oh, okay. The, all right, I see what they're saying. I understand. I didn't at first, but I get it fully. All right, moving on. Just no rescue for the Topeka Police Department. Do you guys want to rescue Target? Because Target is out here eating those ales. On Saturday, it was a tough afternoon to be at Target after a two-hour nationwide outage on Saturday. Target's registers are back online. Did you all know that there was an outage at Target? How could you? First of all, the lines at my Target are already way too long. Way too long. Can you imagine the registers being down? What? Can you imagine it? Vanilla says, Target's always getting saved. Okay, how about that? Jaquita says, SJR, you tried it with this. I just want to know, because we have such love and affection for Target, are we willing to rescue them even though there was an outage for two hours that you know backed up the lines? What I think is that the Lord was trying to tell them that they needed to allow us to have that merchandise for free. They missed the cue. Monique Daniel says, this is why I shop at Walmart. Monique, you're either a Walmart person or a Target person. Usually you don't do both. Um, my testimony is that I've been a Target person. And to understand that they have failed us in this way is obviously very disheartening. Um, Target, let me tell you what has really blocked Target in my life is Amazon. Because the things that I used to go to Target for, Amazon has really taken over. But Target always has a place in my life. Tiffany says, rescue Target. I love their tank tops. If you're unfamiliar with Target, you're like, wait a minute. How, what is Tiffany talking about? Target. We talking about Target. She talking about Target. It's because those of us who understand the beauty of Target have given it a fancy name. It's Target. Does Walmart have a fancy name? No. Because what you going to do? Fancy with Walmart. You can't do nothing but Target. Target is that fancy. It's that it's that new, okay? Brittany Kelly says we need to save the customers. <laughs> Michelle says rescue. They can't control it. I know without a shadow of a doubt that there would have been so much frustration. Rachel Harvey says I do both. Target has the hair products and the clothes, but I hate making groceries there. Rachel, you must be from New Orleans. Yes, I just looked on your profile. She's from Louisiana. Let me tell you what she said here. She said, Target has the hair products and the clothes, but I hate making groceries there. People in Louisiana say making groceries. It's the same thing as going to the grocery store, but they say making groceries. I'm that's my, I know that because my cousin went to Grambling and she came home talking about making groceries. And I was like, what does that mean? I'm unaware. Can you please explain that to me? But she helped me to understand it means going to the grocery store. 
Brendan says, girl, yes, Amazon has everything, but Target is my first love. Target is my first love. I will give you that. Every time I walk into Target, I don't go as frequently because I usually order stuff on Amazon. But when I do go into Target, it's like watching um, Love and Basketball. You're just like, wow, I really used to love this movie. Like, wow, this movie, oh, this is my favorite part right here. And that's what I feel when I walk into Target. You know what I like about Target? They're all laid out the same. I'm never lost or confused no matter what city I'm in. And you need to praise the Lord for that level of consistency. Oh, but I feel a word coming. Even with that level of consistency, there's room for errors. This is about to bless someone. Turn me up in your microphone. Are you are you listening? Listen here now. Um even the most consistent people, things and opportunities in our life have moments where they may let us down. And we should, we should not allow those moments to change how we feel about their consistency. You can PayPal me your offering, all right? How about that? Um... When Nona says we say making groceries in the South, period, in the South, is Texas the South or you mean like the North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama South? Because I've only heard people say, well, at the time I only, my cousin went to Gremlin and she said it and I thought it was a Louisiana thing. Y'all out here saying making groceries everywhere? Crystal Mason says, LOL, my friend in Virginia says that too. Making groceries, okay. So are we rescuing Target? Sounds like we are. Francette says, Wally World for Walmart is like walking into Disney World. Tina Watson says, I got too many memories with Target. We got to keep them. Elias says, Target and Aldi got the good. Aaliyah says, Target and Aldi's got the goods. I have never been to an Aldi. They have those in Texas, but I don't think I've ever seen those in LA. Chantel says, the peace of the Lord rests in Target. Did you all know that? That you can go and get a little presence, Okay. Monica says, I'm from Houston, Texas. I don't say making groceries. You know, Monica, this is what I want to tell you. Sometimes I didn't want to start no mess with the delegation, but here we are. Sometimes people who are from like the Carolinas and Alabama and Arkansas don't like to say that Texas is actually the South. They say that we like the cowboy South, not like the South South. And I take great offense to that because we are the South as well. You can't get no more Southern than where we are. And I just want to clear, I just, I don't want to create no division with the delegation, but I do want y'all to know that that is a thing that people say. Kimberly Thomas says, no, it's not a Southern Southern thing. I'm from South Carolina and we don't say that. And I live in Georgia and we don't say that here either. Don't put that in the South. I thought, I've always thought it was a Louisiana thing. And let me tell you, the delegation is piping up. Millie says, I'm from South Carolina. We don't say that, honey. All right, all right, okay. What else y'all got? Brandy says, we do not say making groceries in North Carolina. Keisha says, I'm in Alabama, and I don't say making— Okay, this, Okay. all right. The Saints don't say making groceries, okay? How about that? Although Jaleesa says, I'm from Virginia. Making groceries is what I say, and I'm young. Well, you better make them groceries, Okay. And just so you know, it's a few folks who said Lauren says Texas is the South, Monica says Texas is the South, Monica Dorsey says Texas is, is the South, and Cora Jakes Coleman says exactly, we are the South, period. Okay, so just so we can clear this up, seems like people in Virginia and people in Louisiana say making groceries, Texas is the South, never get it twisted. And how about that? All right, how about that? Reva Hall says, the tip of the great state of Texas is very south. I make groceries. All right. Y'all better make these groceries. How about that? Okay. 
So Angie says, I'm just trying to understand how you make groceries. That's okay. Just so I can just, because I brought this up, I just want y'all to know that making groceries is the same thing as just going to the grocery stores and getting groceries. I don't know. I don't understand how it became making groceries. All I know is that it's a thing. And Drea says, I'm just hearing this, no Target rescue. Is it wrong to feel tired of rescuing Target delegation? I know we need constant rescuing too, but I don't know. They tired of rescuing Target. I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. Australia's in the building. She says she don't care nothing about these Texas South things, what is happening, okay? So are we rescuing? We rescuing Target? We rescuing Target. So how about that? I don't even have to ask the delegation about that because Target is going to be here, okay? That's what we're going to make sure of here at the delegation. Oh, okay, I got two more rescues, okay? My next rescue, I can't wait to see what you all think about this, is a Planet Fitness gym. The owner sent out an email that made a lot of people upset. Okay. People on social media were incensed after a former member of Anytime Gym in Manchester, Connecticut shared an email she received from is it Anytime Fitness. Sorry, Planet Fitness, but whatever. It's Anytime Gym, okay? Um, shared an email she received from the franchise owner that urged gym goers to grab the fat on their body. Let me let me read you all the email. It's addressed to the person who receives it, basically says it. So otherwise, I would have read it. It would have said, Sarah, I need you to do me a favor. Think about the warm days days of summer ahead. Warm summer night breezes, lake or beach time, seeing family, the ones you like, spending more time with the kiddos, also the ones you like, listening to music, shorts, bathing suits, flip-flops, the smell of suntan lotion, and lots of pictures of you that will be posted online forever. Lots of sucking in, side turns, skinny arm posts, and God forbid a side pick while sitting down. Do me a second favor. Take your hand and grab the excess you have on your waist, front, back, sides. Can you pinch it or can you grab it? He says, that's called fat. Hmm. And apparently nowadays I have to be politically correct. And then he called it um, some, some, you had to go to college to pronounce some, some kind of tissue. Anywho, do you guys want to rescue this gym owner? Can I tell you this? This is what I think. Um, and then I'm going to just see what the delegation says, okay? Um, he was trying to be, once again, with people trying to be funny and just not knowing their audience. Um, I think he was trying to point out the fact that, you know, you could use some time in the gym, but, you know, but body shaming is never the answer. And that was really upsetting for people. But what do y'all think about, can I say something a little bit? When I gr- just, excuse me, I'd like to say something. Okay, so sometimes I um, grab my waist to see how much of it I could use less of. And in my head, I do think that it is fat. And you know what? If for any other reason, I want this to be a word down in your spirit. Sometimes, oof, I feel it. It's strong. This is for somebody. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for this that is coming. Sometimes 
when you hear the words that you say to yourself spoken out of someone else's mouth, you can identify what's problematic with it. But when you have those words in your own head, you don't see what's problematic with it. And what I want to know is maybe he produced an awareness of how we should speak to ourselves from this point forward. What y'all think, huh? What y'all think? Michelle says, I just let out a good key key with you reading that email. That's a mess. Michelle Craig says, let him drown. Latia says, he can drown. Moving on. Tempest says, ain't nothing encouraging about that. Francis says, cancel your membership immediately. Brittany says, he probably says, adipose. Is that how you say it? Adipose tissue? That's what he's saying. That's that's exactly what he's saying. Um... Kiana says that was rude, not funny. Get out of here, sir. So is that we not? Mm, that's not. Okay. Jamie always smiling, saying him saying the ones you like makes me think they have reported a joke like that. It went out to all of the saints. Zola says, no rescue. Sometimes you got to let folks swim their way to shore. Pray for them and let them swim. After all, swimming is a great workout. She just fixed me. It's a workout. And he's a gym owner. So there it is. How about that? Rashada says, SJR, SJR, you are slim, thick. You are gold's child. Let me tell you, I tell my people all the time I'm fake skinny. People send me stuff, they send it to me in a small. It's because I always have on a good Holy Ghost duster that would make someone believe that they can send me a small. I'm fake thick. I mean, I'm fake skinny. I'm actually very thick. Let me tell you, when I get on that scale, the BMI says I'm overweight. And they don't mean by just a touch. They want me to lose at least 20 pounds in order for me to be borderline normal slash overweight. That's what is that? The enemy, a worker of iniquity. Julia says, next, nobody's rescuing anybody on today. Angela says, depends on how much we can grab, LOL. I got a couple handfuls of fat. A handful, but let me tell you, there's grace in hands full. Come on now, warmth. Um, Ronnie says, we rescued... Can we rescue the man because he told the truth, but he just needs to add some Jesus love to it? That's, I mean... I'm just saying, do y'all think that at least at minimum we should talk to ourselves better because we heard the way that we sound when we talk to ourselves and we don't want to do that? Angie says, we throw PF away. They out here serving pizzas every week too, just backwards. All right. All right. So I guess no. Pamela says, BMI wants everyone to be a bobblehead. Can we talk about that? Um I can show y'all a picture of when I was the weight that they told me I need to be in order to be borderline normal range. And let me tell you, I look like I needed a sandwich. I look like I look like what I'd been through. I look like someone had broken my heart and I had stopped eating and I was in the gym trying to just work the pain away. Okay. Sometimes you don't look like what you've been through. When I was the weight they wanted me to be, y'all want to know it's 160 pounds. When I was 160 pounds, I look like what I've been through. Now I look like love and balance and respect for myself. And of course, that's over to BMI. Is there a word in there somewhere? I bet you if I keep on digging, sometimes what people say is healthy for you ain't really healthy for you. You got to find what's healthy for you all the time, okay? Shanae says, you tried to cover for him. Good try. Says, I tried. Danielle says, the weight I should be, I haven't been since middle school. First of all, I'm a whole actual woman, okay? Tiffany Lincoln says, I'm actually my BMI. Praise the Lord for you. Everyone's not able. Chantel says, my BMI says, I need to lose 30 pounds. I'm believing Jesus for 18 to 20. Because... 
the BMI wants me to lose weight that I want to keep. Mm. And sometimes y'all want me to lose stuff that I want to keep, and I don't know if I can lose it. I don't know. I don't know, okay? Imani says, I'm telling you, I don't even look at BMI. Keisha says, my BMI numbers haven't been right since high school. The system is broken. First of all, I'm supposed to weigh the same my whole life? What? My whole life? The BMI need to have, do it need to have age range? Something. I just, I don't believe it. Okay. Rashada says, my husband be wanting to eat and I'm trying to be obedient to my man, y'all. She's submissive and we should all aspire to be as submissive as Rashada is. Okay. How about that? Um, Vanessa says, okay, back to root, do drown. Okay, so I guess we're not, have we rescued anyone? Y'all tired of rescuing Target? You're not rescuing the police department. You're not rescuing um, this Anytime Fitness. We for sure ain't rescuing the BMI system. So how about that? Uh, Latia, there you go. The BMI scale is drowning today. We have an un, um, an unexpected rescue an unexpected drowning, actually, in the BMI scale. We rebuke you. And then in the name of Jesus, Beverly Rose says the BMI is another trap to keep the thick woman down. You better know. You better know what the BMI weight, uh, BMI scale is here to do. They're trying to keep us down, okay? So, all right. Okay, so there's that. How about that? Moving on to our next rescue. This is going swimmingly, by the way. want to let you guys know that the way that you all have opened your heart to these rescues is really, really powerful and admirable, if you will. Moving on. Um, I know you... Okay, maybe not. Ava DuVernay, Oprah, and Gail would prefer not to be called auntie. Thank you very much. In many places around the world, from India to Africa to Africa, placing the title auntie or auntie before someone's name who is not your actual aunt is seen as a sign of respect. But Ava, Oprah, and Gail recently said they don't want to be called that. Ava says, Auntie Ava, why? Am I that old? She asks, for the record, The Oscar-nominated director is 46 because I don't feel that old. And it's not a respect thing. Auntie Ava, like Auntie Jemima, okay, like the pancake syrup. And let's see, Oprah says, I cringe being called auntie or mama by anybody other than my nieces or godchildren, except if I'm in Africa where it's custom for everybody to refer to anyone older as sister or auntie, depending on the age difference. And there, no one refers to anyone older by their first name out of respect. So, and Gail says, I get that it's a sign of respect, but no one's calling Beyonce auntie Beyonce, is what Gail says. First of all, People call me auntie sometimes. I get called cousin, I get called sister, and I get called auntie. And I didn't, I mean, when I first got called auntie, I was like, wow, you really getting up there in age because the folks are calling you auntie because this must be some some children is calling you auntie. But you know what? I didn't feel no kind of way about it. I didn't feel like, oh, don't call me auntie. But Ava, Oprah, and Gail says don't call them auntie. And I just want to know if you all would like to not call them. Can Are we rescuing... What what are we even rescuing, Sarah? Are we going to rescue everyone who calls them auntie? I'm going to because I I because Oprah actually wants to be my aunt. She just doesn't know it yet. 
And so that's fine, right? Huh? Jaseel says, we aunties out here at 29. And then they thought it was like a sign. Am I that old, Aunt Jemima? Like that? No, it's not aunt, like Aunt Jemima. Like you look like a pancake syrup bottle. It's like, hey, you welcome. We want you to come to the cookout and just navigate us through life. But not like a mama, but like a real cool auntie who who knows things and is woke. Come on now. Come on now. Somebody... Your, your nieces and nephews need to help them understand. Cortex Coleman says, I'm going to call them trifling from now on. Cora, I can't believe that you could ruin an episode even by a comment. Cora, you can't call people trifling from now on. Okay? How about that? Martha says, auntie is a way of respect in our culture, Africa. Latin Lynn Jones says, it's a respect thing. Precious says, I'll call you my big sister. I never had this. And I don't be taking no offense to it, but hey, that ain't me. Charlotte says, but are we not to channel our African roots or now, auntie, now? Some of us are just channeling. The head, head. We don't have, we're just trying to work with what we got, okay? We're trying to just tap into our African roots and call you auntie. Is that all right? Reva says, rescued. It's uplifting. Auntiehood is life. Rashada says, I'm saying auntie and ma'am. Y'all going to get this good upbringing. Y'all going to get this. Carmel says, we, so we're we're rescuing in faith. Aunties are fun. How about that? Sandy says, LOL, love it. Oprah is my auntie. And Aqua says, prefer that to be called by my first name from someone much younger. So I don't, I don't honestly, that first name business, like amongst kids, we didn't have that going to my family neither. Like if someone is older than you, you definitely put some respect on that auntie, cousin, something. You got to say something. Ronnie says, it's a respect thing. They need to stop being too sensitive. While I respect people's wishes, I was raised to say, ma'am, sir, auntie, your uncle. Yes. Okay, so how about that? We're going to rescue everyone who has been calling Ava, Oprah, and Gail auntie because we didn't mean no harm by it. And honestly, we're going to try and respect your wishes to not call you auntie, but because we are so used to doing it now, we may slip up every now and then and call you auntie. And we just want you to bear with us while our mind is being renewed, okay? Because right now, you auntie, and we're going to try and move into what? You, we, we can't just call you by your first name, can we? I mean, if you want us to, we will. But but we would prefer to say auntie. Winona says, I ain't calling them nothing though. They ain't, they add nothing to my life. Well, amen. You do amen now. Aaliyah says, nobody said great auntie though. And Patricia says they're being too sensitive. I thought they was being a little sensitive too. Just a little bit. Keisha says, I'm from the South. We don't call adults by their first name. We sure don't. Sure do not. That's just not a thing. Alana says, so what do they want to be? I guess they just want us to call them by their first name. Or I guess we could say miss. We act like if it's auntie or nothing. Wow, delegation. We really need to grow up. It's not, I guess it's just going to be miss. Miss Oprah, Miss Ava, Miss Gail. Amen. Feels, feels like we just got our family torn apart a little bit, but I guess we'll work through that as well. I guess we have blended. We working through this blended family situation because I guess it's just going to be missed. How about that? All right, Miss Oprah, Miss Ava, Miss Gal. So we rescuing the folks who've been calling them that. How about that? Hail Mary. Are y'all ready? Hail Mary is a part of the podcast where we just take a moment and commend people who are saying incredible things, doing incredible things. And we have three of them today that I think are really noteworthy. First one came from Jamie Washington. This one for you married ladies. Let's listen out. And if you've got ch- 
children in the vehicle, we want you guys to to turn it off, pause it, and listen to it at another time. Sonia Richardson-Ross, who is, wait, I always do this, Sonia, I got to look up, Sonia Richards-Ross, the devil always wants me to put a son on there. Sonia Richards-Ross, who is an Olympic track star, was recently on a conversation with Exo Nicole, and they just talked about different things, and one of the things she mentioned was sex and marriage. I thought this was very brave, because in the course of her conversation, what she begins to discuss is that sometimes she doesn't feel like it, and how when you first get married, you think you're going to feel like it all of the time, and sometimes she doesn't feel like it, but she also recognizes that it's kind of like going to the gym. Sometimes when you don't feel like it, but you do it anyway, you enjoy the fruit of it afterwards. And you're like, man, I didn't feel like it, but I pumped myself up to do it. And now I feel better. I want to give her a Hail Mary for having this conversation because it is not one that us as married women have very often. But what I do be trying to tell these single folks, because somebody stood up and asked me one time, you know, um, she said that she was celibate, but she has some concerns about being celibate because what if she met her husband, but they didn't have sex before marriage and they didn't get a chance to like, you know, what if she didn't have a good compatible experience with him and that just ruins her marriage? And my advice to her and those of you who are listening who've had the same concerns is like, first of all, you guys can explore and learn and educate one another on all kinds of things, okay? Like, you don't want to just make that the basis of your relationship. And if you know yourself and your body and your your just needs well enough, then you can invite your husband into that process and you can allow you he can be a student of you. Amen. But most importantly, sex is not gonna be what you think is gonna be all of the time when it's gonna be. And you got to have more than sex in a relationship now. Listen, because sometimes y'all you you just we think that sex is going to be everything. And those of us who are married know that sometimes sleep is everything. Sometimes I don't feel like it is everything. And you just got to know what you know when you know it. And um, I thought that this was a very brave discussion of her to have. And I just want to see what the delegation thinks. Hail Mary to her for saying that. Monica says, say that is a word. Tiffany Lincoln remembers when I was asked that question. She said, you were pregnant at that time. I remember. She put me on the spot, okay? Amy, Coach Amy, hi. She says, sometimes sleep is the only, sometimes sleep is the only thing. And Natress Evans says, big old facts, hashtag married woman. Angel says, listen, been married for 12 years and have five daughters. This is real talk, okay? Rashada says, you're walking heavy. I'm trying to walk heavy. Let me tell you something. And there are moments where you're like, you know what? I don't feel like it. And you do it anyway. And you're like, wow, I was able to really, and we really, and that was beautiful, okay? And then, you know, um, it's also an opportunity 
Because if your husband has a need and you don't have the ability to meet that need, sometimes that's you just have to say, baby, I don't have it tonight. And your husband is like, you know what? I understand sometimes and then, but things be a little off for the, you know, for the next 24 hours because you didn't have it, but he had a need and, 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 and that's all right, you know? But the thing is that sometimes when you have that need, it just ensures smooth sailing for the next few days if you're able to overcome. If you can't overcome, don't overcome. But if you can overcome, I think you should overcome because because it's just it's beneficial for the whole dynamic of the house throughout the rest of the days following. Amen. How about that? Sandra Washington says sleep is everything. Shamika says she's speaking the truth. Maybe cuddling. Come on, somebody. Brashina says anytime sleep is everything, we're not functioning without sleep, baby. Let me tell you, I am not able to have anything worthy and beautiful in my life without sleep because I don't even honor it for what it is. And there are moments where I'm too tired. I'm like, you don't even want this. I'm so tired. It ain't even be, you don't even want this. But there are other moments where I say, you know what, but I would like the fruit of what happens. How about that? Okay. Danielle Norman says, 24 hours, I'm going to wake up like you still mad. Brandy says, I'm just here for the comments on this one, single and dating. I'm just saying this is sing if you're single and you're listening, what we want you to know as a married woman, as married women, is that don't just do it for sex. Don't just say to yourself, you know what, I'm gonna stay in this thing because cause, you know, cause you I wanna marry you because we have a good sex life. Cause what is that? That is nothing. Do you know the Lord? Do you pay bills? Do you take care of children? Are you responsible? Because when I have to do life every single day, I don't be thinking about sex when I'm finished doing life. Okay. So how about that? Uh, Marissa says, listen, right now I'm real single and sleep is getting me by LOL and red velvet cake. You got to do what you got to do when you got to do it. Tina Dillard, elect lady, says, my husband always says women get married and get sleepy. <laughs> Child, we don't know how exhausted we are, okay? I don't I don't know what that's about. It's just a lot of responsibilities. I don't know, okay? Yokelin says, my husband knows how to get it and not wake me. Amen. All right. This is this conversation. <laughs> It's taking a turn. Yokelin, I, I want to know the level of sleep that you're able to accomplish, though, that this is even something that occurs. Can you DM me that you, you're my, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> so, amen. Nika says, listen, I want to pray that it'll always be fireworks, but reality says, no. Reality says sometimes, okay, um, I'm really still stuck on knows how to get it without waking me up. Please, I guess, send me a DM. I don't know. I need need to understand how, how sway, how is this even possible? Okay. So, yes, we are acknowledging Sonia Richards-Ross for her transparency and her honesty. There's also another clip that I saw on Instagram that was so powerful, of course, on my favorite news source, The Shade Room. While I was on there, I saw a video of a woman who was pumping gas and another car pulls up beside her. And when that car pulls up beside her, they think they're going to steal her purse. Little do they know that she is going to jump to the other side of the car before they can even grab her purse. I don't know if you all have seen this, but you need to see the video. It is amazing. 
I may see if we can put it in the comments, but my girl was basically said, not today. She's pumping gas. Her window was down, which y'all, we got to keep our windows up. Just, we got to be safe out here. Anyway, she's pumping gas. Car pulls up, drives slow. He acts like he about to get out of the car. She dives through the window. Let me tell you why I gave her a Hail Mary. Because if you all go and watch this video like I asked you to, when you see her dive through this window, what you're going to understand is how much faith she has in her Lord and in herself. Because I could never, and I want to say this with all transparency, I could never trust that I could just dive through my window the way that she did. I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know what angle I would take to get in there. Candy says, were they trying to steal her purse or her car? They were trying to steal her purse. Um, she jumped. There was no hesitation. I would have ran around the car before I ran through the window. She jumped through the window. It was, I need to think about her next time I'm at Orange Theory because you got to be ready all of the time. And I can tell you right now, I am never ready. When I go to Orange Theory, I'm going to think, do you want to jump? You want to jump? You want to jump through a window when somebody trying to steal your purse? You all right? Turn the speed up because, whoo, all right. Um, my comment saying he was trying to steal her car. I thought it was he was trying to steal her purse. Either way, he was trying to steal, but what he he wasn't trying to steal her car though, because he would have to drive off with the car with the thing in the gas pump. You know what I mean? Because she was pumping gas. You gonna steal my car while I'm pumping gas? You don't want to do that. He it would take him longer. He was trying to steal her purse. I'm watching the video again. I can tell by the way in which he was maneuvering. But maybe he was trying to steal. I just I think he was trying to steal. What watch the video and judge for yourself, but make sure you see how my girl hopped through that window. Hail Mary to her, okay? Asha says, yeah, I saw it, and she wasn't a little bitty woman either. She was a grown, she the BMI was different, okay? How about that? Coach Amy says, maybe we need to design a new move at Orange Theory to simulate this. Get me ready, Amy. I'm ready for it, I think. I don't know. Shaminka says, but why, though? I'm not the one. Cameron says, she taught a valuable lesson to be on point. She taught me one. So we're going to give her a Hail Mary. And my last... Um, Hail Mary's actually for a guy, um, a father. I got to pull the story up because it's down and I thought I had it. That's all right. Y'all fine. Y'all don't have nothing to do but sit up here and talk to me right now anyway. Um, this dad donned on booty shorts to teach his rebel daughter a lesson. Let me tell you, sounds like an extreme, but when y'all see this, I'm going to put it in the comments and then you, the rest of you have to Google if you're watching as embarrassed as she was, let me tell you, I was um, minding my business at the orthodontics uh, for my children not too long ago, and a young precious lamb in the Lord came out, and her, literally, it was cheek season, just right on out of the shorts, just cheek season. And you know what? I said, absolutely not. Just absolutely, couldn't be my daughter. Anyways, her father said that her Daisy Dukes didn't pass the dad test. A Florida father sought to teach his daughter a lesson about revealing outfits when he sported barely their short shorts, shaming her for her new outfit purchase. Jason Hilly shared a video of himself marching into his daughter's room, his shorts rolled up to reveal a mass of white thigh. We have to have a talk as his younger son squeals in laughter. Get your shorts. Let's see who's fit better. His mortified daughter pulls on her new shorts and to humor her relentless father. These aren't even that short. And he says, looking in the mirror, neither are mine. 
Kelly shares the video on his Facebook with the caption, you wear yours out in public, I will wear mine, parenting one-on-one. Y'all know how I feel about these unique parenting things. And let me tell you something. I'm here for it. <laughs> Love Queen says, but it was a lesson she learned. I laughed so hard. You guys have to see the video. If you don't want me to wear these out in public, you cannot wear yours. Cassandra says, bet she won't do it again. Ashley Danielle says, that video was hilarious. You guys have to see it. It's floating around on Facebook. And Ashley Holloway says, did you see his thighs held Joseph to his dad? to this dad. Danielle Norman says she's probably only mirroring what she's seen on her Instagram timeline. Yeah, but what happens when that Instagram timeline shows up in your living room? How about that? Then what happens? You guys have to check out the video, but I thought that was super, super cute. Um, So yeah, those are my Rescue Eve and Hail Mary slash Hail Joseph for that amazing dad. All right, so we're almost at the end of the show, but it's time for us to do our advice questions. I saw these and I knew the delegation would definitely have something to say. My first question came in through my DMs and you may be wondering, how do I slide in Sarah's DMs? This is how you do it, child. Listen, you hit that message button and you be patient with your girl because she gets a lot of DMs. After that, we all in this thing, okay? It says, hi, so I have a question for you. I listen to your podcast and think of you like a sister I never met. Being that I was adopted, it's not weird to me, LOL. Anywho, I've told you a little about me on my personal page, but right now I have a huge question. I'll get straight to it. Since I've been following you, I have learned to let go of negative energy. That includes my adopted dad who molested me till I was 17 and finally told my mom. She put him out for a month, then took him back. At 31, I finally took my life back after reading Lost and Found, Then Don't Settle for Safe, and recently Wholeness. I was going over for holidays and birthdays because I want a family and they are all I know of, but I recently stopped because I don't have to force myself to be around someone just because I have forgiven him. I recently opened my shop and my mom gave me a blessing saying it was from them. I took it, but here it is Father's Day and I can't say Happy Father's Day. I never have. Am I wrong? I do not know what to do. I feel horrible. I really do not know what is right and what is wrong anymore. I told God that I forgive him, but I don't want to be around him. Since I've forgiven him, do I have to be around him? Since I have forgiven him, do I have to be around him and engage in Father's Day and birthdays? I really hope you can respond to this. Is it that I really haven't forgiven him. God has placed it in my heart to write a book titled Letters to the Younger Me, inspired by you, but I'm afraid of hurting people's feelings. I'm hoping that going to the conference will give me the push I need. Well, anyways, have a good night. First of all, thank you for sharing this story with me and being so transparent in your journey. As I was reading this, I was really struck to just deal with the notion of forgiveness versus forgetfulness. Like, I can forgive you without forgetting what you did. And just because I have forgiven you, forgiveness is something that you have to walk out. Just because you say, I forgive forgive you, doesn't mean that you're ready to engage in the way things were before. As a matter of fact, I think if you forgive someone that it is impossible to engage in the relationship that you had before because you now you have a new experience of that person. And what you have to do instead of trying to force things to be the way they were is to 
is to determine what things can be now. I forgive you, but I don't know that I can walk forward with you. I forgive you, but I'm not sure that I can continue to engage with you in the way that we once did. Forgiveness and engagement are two different things. And just because I forgive you doesn't mean that I'm ready to embrace you so that we can walk in life together anymore. I think it's really commendable that you came to a place within yourself where you're like, I forgive you, but I'm not sure that I can continue to just like have this family experience because it's not your reality. Forgiveness and family can be really, really hard because there are so many expectations and holiday seasons that make you long for that family. Uh, One of the things that I learned when I was going through my divorce is like, I came to this place where I realized, you know, like I didn't want to get a divorce because I wanted my kids to have parents and I wanted us to have this white picket fence. I wanted to have a family after being a teen mom, after being a single mom. The only thing I wanted was to finally have this family where I didn't have this shame of being a teen mom. But then it hit me like this marriage is not that family that you have in mind anyway. And sometimes we have to say that like this dream that I have in mind of what we can be is not the reality of what we have. And until I come to a place where I accept what we have, I can never see what we can become. I don't know if you're ever going to come to a place where it's just like Christmas and Thanksgiving and Father's Day and all of these things are so easy. I think you're going to need a lot of therapy. I think you're going to need some counseling to really understand who you are, to understand the damage that has been done to your heart and to your soul, but also to understand the healing and the opportunities that are still available to you. And it can be really challenging to discover your new walk while also navigating those relationships. So don't feel bad for doing what you need in order to make sure that your life is healthy and whole. Forgiveness is a decision. It is a heart posture. And sometimes you have to remind your mind and your emotions of the decision that you've made in your spirit, which means that I can forgive you and I can still have a thought that hurts. And I have to take that thought and remind that thought that I'm not going to be governed by that thought anymore. I like to think of it like as forgiveness is a state. So like right now I'm living in the state of hurt, but I'm packing up my boxes and I am moving into the state of forgiveness. And it's not going to be easy because I still have to unpack all of these boxes and I have to figure out how to set up my new life and what is my new rhythm and my new path in this state of forgiveness. But what I know for sure is I'm not going to stay in the state of hurt anymore. And it doesn't mean that everything has to go with you. It just means that you've decided to live your life from from a different place. I want to hear what the what the delegation says. Dorisha says forgiveness is for her, not him. You don't have to be around him, sis. You sure do not. Ashley says the Bible tells us to give as God forgives, not forgive like God forgives. Let that marinate. We are not humanly possible to forgive on his exact level because his comes along with salvation, redemption, etc. My earthly forgiveness fueled by my spiritual relationship with Christ is no way a mandate for me to now engage in any kind of relationship with you. Hashtag that part. My author Paulette Jones says, it takes time, just pray. And Sarah Jakes Roberts is correct. Therapy, maybe a life coach and spiritual counseling. Nadia says, be your best version of you. Do not rush your process. Listen to you to know what you need to be your best you. Brienne says, forgiveness, is it not genuine when you do not forget? I don't think that forgiveness is the same as forgetting. 
at all, like not even a little bit. I think forgiveness is I am no longer going to be bound by what happened internally within myself, within my heart, and within my soul. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to forget what happened. It just means that when we don't, I'm going to move it out of my main point of view. Because sometimes the reason why we have to forgive is because we— Forgiveness is hard because it's like a blinder, right? Like all we can see is that thing that happened. It is the lens in which we see everything in life. It is the lens in which we see ourselves is through what occurred. And when we say that we're going to forgive, in my opinion, when I say it, what I mean for myself is that I am going to remove this lens. I'm no longer going to see my life through this lens of what happened to me. I got to move forward. I got to figure out who I am now. I have to figure out what hurt this caused me and how I want to use this hurt to promote um, healing and purpose within my life. What boundaries do I need to set as a result of it? But I'm not going to be confined to this moment anymore. Unforgiveness is a prison. It means that I can only live within a certain realm and I don't want to be limited anymore. So I forgive you. I forgive you for what happened. I forgive you for who you were. It wasn't easy. You jacked me up. I feel like I had lost some time. But what we learn in the process of walking out forgiveness is that I didn't lose anything, that God restores, that because you hurt me, I've been able to connect with someone else who went through what I went through. And together, we earned our strength. I can't change what happened, but I don't have to let what happened change me. And I think forgiveness is making that decision to not allow what happened to change you. Regina says, forgiveness is a release for you. You get to choose who you want in your circle, good or bad. Jeanette says, God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing the word of God. Thank you. Zion says, I just emailed your mom. Okay, that's something that don't have nothing to do with this right now. I'll get. To, I'll go through the comments later. Zion says, literally, this is so crazy how I just emailed them about my business, about forgiveness support. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Chelsea says, wow, also forgiveness is to free your soul because when you hold on to it, you it will eat you up inside. Once you forgive, it's a sign of truly letting go and not being mad when you see that person. That's definitely one definition. I think for me, like, I made a decision to forgive, but like if someone said their name or if I saw that person, then I would feel that anger again in my soul. But I would have to remind my emotions of the decision that I made in my spirit. So if you still feel those feelings, yeah, you're still walking out forgiveness. You're not there, but you can't allow those feelings to set soul to set down in your soul and produce fruit. You have to decide to uproot those feelings from your soil as soon as possible so that you're not growing bitterness. Kenya says, child, I was just praying and asking God to help me to forgive this morning. Well, look at him sending you a word, okay? So if you are listening to the podcast and you sent me this question, or if you're struggling with forgiveness in general, I want you to log on and check out some of the comments from the delegation. There's nothing like hearing other people's perspectives and journeys on forgiveness. My next question says, hi, Sarah. I just, oh, wait, that's. Okay, yes. Okay. Hi, Sarah. I just want to say that I am so thankful for who God has called you to be. You have had a huge impact on my life. I've been following you for some time now, and I've always been able to find courage in your testimony and the woman that you are evolving into. I pray that this message finds you. Your story before your husband now makes me think a lot of my 
self, and my current situation. I have been in a toxic relationship for 13 years. I am 30 years old now. I married my somewhat high school sweetheart. We have four beautiful children. Our last child was born after I divorced him. We were married for six years, but even after the divorce, I just couldn't let him go. We have fought, there has been infidelity, and over the past three years, he converted to a Muslim. I am a Christian woman, but I found myself trying to tailor myself as well as God's word to fit this relationship because I'm so afraid of walking away. We have a two-month-old daughter and three sons. He is currently expecting the arrival of another son by another woman. I find myself feeling like no matter what I do, I will never be good enough for him. I feel like I've lost myself completely as a result of this relationship, and I'm just trying to find my way back, not just for myself, but for my children. If you can keep me lifted in prayer, and if you have any advice for me or words of encouragement or just a word, period, it would help me drastically. I feel like I'm drowning and I'm having a hard time gasping for air. I know that God loves me and that He is with me. I just feel so far from Him right now, and I just desire to find my way back. So I want to let you know, friend, that you're never too far from God. I know exactly how you feel. Because when we take our life in our own hands and we say, this is the plan I want and this is the plan I'm gonna have by any means necessary, it feels like we're disconnected from God because we are in complete control of our lives. But the truth is that God is just literally a call, a prayer, a word away, right? And so I think that even through you sending this message that you're calling out for God's guidance and perspective, Perspective and from a source that you've come to be connected with God too. And so I thank you for trusting me with your story and trusting me with your journey. You said something that really made me just go back to those days when I was, as you know, in a very similar situation. And you said, I feel like I'll never be good enough for him. If I could go back in time and tell myself anything when I had those exact feelings and that exact word, I would say, you're never going to be good enough for him because you don't feel like you're good enough for yourself. And until you feel like you are good enough within yourself, no one is ever going to make you feel good enough. I think that I came to a place where I realized that I was so desperate for that person's love because I didn't feel like I had any love for myself. And anytime this person took their love away from me or shared the love that I was desperate to have, it hurt like a wound because I just wanted to feel like I was the recipient of a love that said that you're worthy, you're valuable. And I realized that I was setting my whole self-esteem, all of my confidence in one person's actions who had not even proved themselves worthy of carrying my heart. And then I had to ask myself, are you worthy of carrying your heart? If you continue to put yourself in this situation, if you continue to settle and to not stand up for yourself, you're not even worthy of carrying your heart. And so my goal became not to change him, not to change our relationship, not to ask for anything from him, not even a divorce at first, but to first become the person who was worthy of carrying my own heart. 
what that meant, as crazy as it sounded for me, like the first thing I did was like, I stopped sending crazy messages to the woman who was expecting his child. And I started buying baby gifts. And I started doing the exact opposite of what my pain and my bitterness said to do. And the more that I felt like, you know what, I'm going to keep my heart pure. I'm going to keep my hands pure in this. I'm not going to be sending her crazy messages and acting like this mad woman so that I could at least begin to clear out the clutter that had gotten into my heart, that anger the hurt, the pain, the bitterness. I had to clear out the clutter. And the next thing I did is I was like, I'm going to start really figuring out who I am and what moves me. Still in the relationship, still in the marriage, Sarah, what do you need? What does safety feel like to you? What does love feel like for you? What is that dream that you have for your family? And how does this person contribute to that dream? When I started doing the math and I realized that I had a better chance at creating a healthy home for my children and myself by myself than I did by staying in that marriage, that's when I knew that God was really in and as crazy as it sounds, that God was helping me to move out of that toxic, abusive marriage and into single parenthood. I know divorce, such an ugly word in the church, such an ugly word in Christianity. But the truth is that in order for me to become who I needed to be in God and who my children needed me to be in God, I had to remove myself from the relationship that made me lose myself because I could not find myself as long as I stayed in that toxic relationship. And so what I am telling you right now is that you are enough. You are more than enough. And you do not need that love or that marriage or that relationship to validate you. I know that you've put a lot of time in that relationship. I know that you've invested so much and you have these beautiful, beautiful babies. But what I'm telling you that is they're going to emulate whatever you play out in front of them. And you have to ask yourself, can I live by the example that I am displaying for them? If the answer is no, then I want to challenge you to start working on your own wholeness, to start working on what you need in order to be healthy, and then to really actively determine how do I move myself and my children into a healthier situation. That's so much easier said than done because, girl, I've been there. So many people told me to leave. But I'm telling you to just take it piece by piece by piece to declutter your heart, declutter your soul. And eventually, God's going to give you power. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you strategy to really protect your family and to come into the awareness of God's love. Because at the end of the day, what I realized is I was asking for man to give me what I could only give get from God. I needed God to help me forgive myself for the decisions I made. I needed God to help me see worth and value within myself. And when I began to really trust that maybe there was more to me than what I did and more to me than what I had experienced, and that maybe God could have a promise in the future for me, those were the little thoughts that became my truth that ultimately led you to my DMs because God began to prove to me what He thought about me over and over again. And I just want you to know, girl, God has so much He wants to show you about who you are but we got to remove all of these ideas of who we think we should be in order to figure out what he says. I want to see what the delegation says though. Sheila says, just take care of yourself little by little. Focus on your own self first. You can't help anyone until you do. Tanya says, amen, a word for me. Marisa says, actually, he is not good enough for you and his narcissistic behavior is beating you down because he knows he is beneath you. 
Melody Dunlop says, if you have to work to be good enough for someone else, you never will be. God made you good enough before they ever met you. Just keep growing and evolving to please God, not anyone else. Una says, decluttering provides clarity. Amy says, God is so good. Totally, totally agree. Suzanne says, amen. Thank you. I needed this. I am enough. Chantel says, Lord, send her a way of escape and the boldness to choose to live a better life for her and those kids. His grace is sufficient. Take the leap of faith and leave. Your children and you deserve to live in a healthy, loving home. Name name a Lokai says, thank you for sharing your story. Please find a mental health therapist and surround yourself with strong Christ followers, not Christians. Listen to me clearly. You're beautifully and wonderfully made. You're enough and you don't need him. You can do great by yourself. Ashley Berry says, the moment you choose to leave an unhealthy relationship and stop worrying about what people say is truly a freeing moment. Ashley, I cannot agree more. I will never forget when I went from separation into the final decision of I'm getting a divorce. We had the conversation. We had the big blow up, all of those things. And I remember going to my parents' house and going to get into one of the extra bedrooms. And I closed my eyes. And for the first, oh my gosh, I'll never forget it. For that first time in like the six or seven years that I've been going back and forth in that relationship, I wasn't worried anymore about when the next girl was going to call or when I was going to find the next thing. I didn't worry about whether or not I was safe anymore. I was just so glad that I was out of that traumatic, abusive situation. And I didn't realize how much I was carrying it until I finally put it down. So I'm praying for grace that you'll be able to put it down and that you'll discover who you have become as a result of trusting that you deserved better and that better was available to you. I want to encourage you, too, to come check out the comments in the Womany Ball Facebook page. Lots of my girls are chiming in, wanting you to know how important you are, how powerful you are, and how much we need you to survive, okay? Shanti says, we love you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All right, child. It's time for us to have our snack. Before we log off and depart from our girl time, our favorite time of the week, we take a moment and just connect. And... I just was watching my daughter, Ella, swim. She's learning to swim. And it's so funny because she's in the pool and she's having her little swim lesson and she's like kicking her feet. And, you know, she's got these little floaties on her arms and they're trying to teach her to kick her feet. And all while she's kicking her feet, she's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. But she's like kicking her feet and she's moving. And she's like, I can't, I can't. And It hit me like she was having a fake, she was like pretending to panic. That's not a good word because she was actually panicked, but it was like unnecessary panic. That's what it was. She had an unnecessary panic about something that she could do. And as I watched there, as I watched her kicking her feet and swimming and also saying that she can't, I realized what it's like to be you what it's like to be me, and what it's like to feel like on one side of us, I can't, but to also on the other side of us say, but I am doing it. And I just wanted to remind you, girl, listen, that in the middle of you feeling like you can't, I can't 
stay on this job. I can't raise these kids. I can't stay in this marriage. I can't write this book. That there is another part of you that can while you can't, okay? And sometimes I want you to know that the only way that we get to can is if we can while we can't, okay? Which means that like right now, your girl, I was running today at Orange Theory and I felt like I can't, I can't, I can't, but I was doing it anyway. And if you don't take a minute and realize that the only way that you can is because you, the only way that you can is because you did it while you can't, then you'll still be thinking that you can't when you really have done and did, okay? That sounded very confusing, but it made total sense in my head. What I'm saying is a lot of the people who you admire, a lot of the people who maybe you even consider as your sources of inspiration said they can't and they can in the same sentences, but they kept going, they kept pushing, they kept fighting for it. And all while they were saying, I can't, they could, until what they were saying they couldn't do, they accomplished and overcame. And ultimately, that became their victory. I think about our friend who sent that letter in today, who probably feels in some capacity, I can't, I can't leave, I can't leave. And you can say, I can't leave, but start planning to leave at the same time. And you can say, I can't leave, but start preparing to go to that therapy at the same time. I don't mind you saying you can't as long as there's a part of you that is saying that you can, because the truth is, sometimes we don't feel like we can 100%. We all have to deal with a little bit of fear and a little bit of doubt when it comes to overcoming certain areas of our life. But I want you to marry your can with your can't until your can overcomes your can't. Wow. That was a word. Yes. Jaleesa says, Lord, this is a word. I got to stop saying I can't. Marissa Dart says, when you can't remember, you can. Daphne says, amen. That's good. I totally, totally agree. Man, marry your can't with your can and see what God does when you allow yourself to at least try. Because that's ultimately what we're talking about is you think you can't, but are you even trying? Because if you take a minute to try, you may learn that you really could all along, okay? Yuna says, stepping out in the midst of fear. Latoya says, you can and you will accomplish. Daphne says, yes, God. Tamika says, yes, I can, okay? Sometimes you got to can when you can't, okay? I love you guys. I am going to the dentist. Pray for me, okay? Next week, we're podcasting on Monday. I'll be traveling, and so I have to podcast on Monday instead of Tuesday, but I got to make sure we get together because y'all are what? My besties, okay? I love you guys. You know we are not done until we say prayer. So God, I love you. I thank you for my sisters. I thank you for this time together. I thank you because you understand us and you see us even when we don't understand ourselves. God, I'm thinking about those who wrote in today. I'm thinking about my friend who's struggling with forgiveness. God, I ask right now that you would just give her peace. That in the midst of her navigating her journey of healing and wholeness, that you would remind her that she's already been made whole in you. And that her greatest job right now is not to try and contrive family or try to contrive what forgiveness should look like, but instead is to dare to find the reflection of herself in you. God, what do you say about who she is? What do you say about who she's becoming? God, what do you think that she should do in order to move forward and create new boundaries? We just want to be lost in our perspective of you. I think that's the same thing my friend need who my friend needs who is struggling with that toxic relationship. God, we search so much 
and hopes of a love that will remind us of what you so generously and graciously give us. And so, God, I'm asking for everyone, not just those in toxic relationships, those in healthy relationships, those learning to love themselves, that right now as they listen to these words, that they would feel your presence, your love, your peace, your power circling them right now, God, because we need your love more than we need anything. If we have your love, there's no room for bitterness. If we have your love, there's no room for unforgiveness. If we have your love, we're confident, we're secure, we're whole, we're kind, we are good people people when we are rooted in your love. And so God, I ask that you would uproot anything that doesn't look like you and in its place that you would not leave us empty, that you would not leave a void, but that you would instead send your word, send your love, oh God, and allow it to produce fruit in our life. And as it produces fruit, may our love change this world for the better. God, we love you and we can't wait to connect again. Traffic, no traffic, a hedge of protection around my family, around my girls, until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. 